Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a special show. I have never gotten to say this here at awesomeo.com. It is a Breeders' Cup edition. I am Ben Reza. Here, joining me, we got a special guest, Evan Schwartz. You've seen him a little back in the betting show. Produces America's Day at the Races and Saratoga Live on Fox Sports. He is here to help us find some winners for Friday and Saturday of the Breeders' Cup, one of the biggest horse racing days of the year. Evan, Long time no see, my man. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm happy to be joining you guys. Hopefully I can pick some winners for you and help you out for this uh, Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday, specifically focusing on Saturday. And man, there is a lot of wagering opportunities and places to make money and let's try and get it. Yes, that is the plan. That is why we brought you on. We're going to have some picks, certainly, but I, I love to bet some ponies. Been doing it. We have a lot of fun here at Awesome behind the paywall doing that in the sports betting channel. We're going to see what we're doing, but let's get into it. We've got the Breeders' Cup. So we're going to, I'm sure there's a lot of people who, you know, they do the Derby, they do the Preakness, they do the Belmont Triple Crown. They don't know a lot about the Breeders' Cup. So if you want to just briefly talk about what we're going to see at Keeneland this week, this is, what would you kind of compare it to? You call it the playoffs, the Super Bowl. How do you kind of say what, what a Breeders' Cup really is? I mean, so these are the championship races for horse racing. I mean, these are where the Super Bowl is won per se in each division and every division of every horses. It's not just the three-year-olds. So like the triple crown is three-year-old horses. There are many more divisions than just three-year-old classic distance horses. And these Breeders' Cup races separate the champions. And these are how we crown the champions for the Breeders' Cup. And we have some great, great races on both Friday and Saturday, like I said, where you can make a lot of money. The wagering menu is crazy deep. On Saturday alone, you have four pick fours, two pick fives, one pick six. And obviously you can bet every race straight, doubles, pick threes. I mean, it's it's a better's paradise as far as horse racing goes. And it's it's the best opportunity to make money in the game better than the Triple Crown. Yeah, I mean, you hit some of those exotics. So just, again, pick fours, pick fives. You're looking to pick four winners in a row, five winners in a row. And if, if you hit that payout, if you have a couple long shots in there, it gets exponentially gigantic. So even for a couple dollars, that payout could be thousands. We're going to try to do some things like that here. Uh, I do want to just briefly touch on a couple of things. I know it's a little early, but what do you see from the weather? I, I Hopefully we don't get a sloppy track. Everything I think looks beautiful down in Kentucky. Have you seen anything to give you concern? 
No, not, nothing concerned. It's been a little cold in the mornings this week, like early on. They've had some training track issues where they'd have to close down the track because of some frost. But on Friday and Saturday, it's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be low to mid-60s. It's perfect, perfect weather for horse racing. It's not too hot for the horses. They don't really like it hot. In fact, a lot of horses prefer it on the colder side. But 65 is nothing to worry about. There's not supposed to be any rain, not really supposed to be any wind. So as far as weather is concerned, there's there's nothing really that's going to favor any horses. I mean, if a horse like the slop, then maybe you don't want to do that because it's not going to be raining. When I say slop, I mean a sloppy track when there's a lot of water and condensation on it and it gets muddy or sloppy, they call it. Um, but no, as far as the weather goes, it's supposed to be perfect to Keeneland and it, it shouldn't affect your handicapping at all when it comes to looking at the races. Which is what we want. We got enough, there's <laughs> enough to try to decipher. Uh, the last thing we need is sl- slop and scratches and, and other things. So let's jump into it. I do want to say real quick, uh, if you're looking for a classic breakdown, of course, we were about to talk about that in this show, but I will have an article posted up on Awesome so you can check that out as well. But before we get to the Classic, Evan, I want to ask you, starting just quickly on Friday, uh, there's a couple races with the two-year-olds, the younger horses, and there are a few that serious business. The first is, is Jackie's Warrior. Uh, this is a horse that, I, I'm not going to lie, uh, I tried to get away from the, her in the last race with reinvestment risk, did not work. This horse gets out of the gate incredibly quickly. Uh, he is just a monster. What what do you make of Jackie's Warrior? Going to be a favorite, but is it warranted? So he's absolutely the warranted favorite. He, in his four lifetime starts, he's never really done anything to suggest that he's not a beast. I mean, he, like you said, he breaks out of the gate, he gets to the front, and he never looks back. And that's what he's done in every start of his career, and there's no sense to think he won't do that. However, it is the Breeders' Cup. There are a lot of horses in this. You can maybe question some of the competition that he's faced. I personally don't. I think reinvestment risk, who he's defeated the last two starts, who's also in this race, I feel like he's dusted him on the square. If you're looking to beat him, which personally I don't believe I will, in multiple race exotics like pick fours and pick fives, maybe I'll use multiple horses. The horse that really intrigues me is Dale Roman's horse, Sitting on Go. He uh, won the Iroquois last start at Churchill Downs, did it really impressively, did it at a bit of a price. He's 12 to 1 on the morning line. I think he's some sort of price horse that you might want to consider here. I do think Jackie's Warrior is that good. I think he is a well-deserving single and a well-deserving favorite. However, if you're looking for a price play, maybe someone to put underneath in your exotics using it for exacta plays, I would say that the number nine sitting on go is somewhere to look at 12 to one. I'm going to ask you one quick thing about this race. So there was a horse, uh, I saw him at Saratoga and he absolutely dominated his opening start. And Steve Asmussen's word calibrate. Uh, he ran a Keeneland in the Claiborne breeders Futurity, didn't run great. Do you think he can hang with horses like Jackie's warrior? Or is that someone maybe underneath in an exacta that you could look to? You know, Asmussen, he's a great trainer. He wins a lot of races. I think he saw a lot of this horse in the maiden win. Like you said, that was pretty impressive. I question who he beat there. And also just the fact that his breeder's futurity just was kind of ho-hum and flat. It gives me a little bit of uh, angst trying to use him. 
Um, the outside post of the 14, I don't know really that I love. He does have speed. At least he showed it in his maiden win. So maybe he can get some speed and outside. But like you said, Jackie's warrior gets to the front. He gets, but I, that 14 post, it's just, you're coming from so far outside. Unless you break really, really well, that's going to be really, really a problem on the, on the outside for him. And I just, I, I don't necessarily see it. I think I'm, that's going to be a horse I'll probably avoid at a price. Someone's got to finish second and third, though, right? So I, I, if if you like that horse, he did show some ability and put up the numbers that match some of these other horses in his maiden win. But when he went against stakes quality horses, he didn't fire, and that could be just a race you throw out if you like him. Personally, I'm probably going to pass. So sticking with kind of the similar theme for Friday uh, in the juvenile turf sprint, same kind of story. Golden Pal, and he's the 14 actually, but another just monster. What do you make it? I'm going to ask the same question that I did with Jackie's war is the, is being the heavy favorite warranted in this spot. So I think I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because I said the 14 post wasn't good to calibrate. <laughs> However, with golden pale, he was the most impressive performance I saw at Saratoga in the summer. I was there every day. I watched every race and golden pale was a wow jaw dropping. Oh my God. Performance. Again, it's the Breeders' Cup, but, and anything can happen, but this horse has shown the ability. Uh, Wesley Ward sends horses over to Royal Ascot in England all the time to try and win the big races over there. And that's known as the upper echelon of racing in, in England, in the UK, and in the world. That Royal Ascot meeting is a big deal. And the Norfolk Stakes, Golden Pale, did everything he could to win that race and lost just by the net. And he was facing some of the best competition in the world on turf. The U.S. isn't necessarily known for great turf horses while the U.K. is. Golden Pale absolutely is a merited, warranted favorite, and he's someone that I'm going to probably single all over the place. Actually, him and Jackie's Warrior, given their two-year-old races, two-year-olds don't have necessarily a lot of racing experience, but Jackie's Warrior and Golden Pal have both shown they, shown they can do it on the big stage against big horses. So I think both of those are merited favorites, and those are both horses I'm going to use on top. I don't like picking favorites, but when I see talent, I, I'm going to go with it. And those are two talented horses that you can key around. Yeah, obviously they're not going to pump up the price, but you you can save a lot of money on your tickets if you're singling those horses. Now, a lot of people are going to be singling them, and if you can find a way to beat them, you could be in line for a huge payoff, but at the same time, I, I'm at that horse. I, I was not there. I was watching it though. And uh, it was pretty easy to take for someone like me who I watch a lot of horses, but I, I'm certainly not nearly as experienced as you. When I can tell certain horses, they just kind of have it and you notice it immediately. He's that's the type of horse that does that. Um, so certainly one you, last question I want to ask, and then we'll move to Saturday and I know it's tough to kind of predict. You think he cl- he's sitting eight to five on the morning line? Do you do you think you even get even money on him when it cl- at post time? Yeah, I, I think the breeders. Yeah, the breeders' cup races are so deep and so big, and a lot of people just don't like to gravitate to the favorite in these type of situations. I, I think he'll probably go pretty close to even money. He might go four to five. I don't think you get eight to five or anywhere near that. But I, I think even money is about about right. Okay. So moving on, we talked about a couple, it's kind of an appetizer on Friday. Then we get to Saturday. We've just got, I mean, my goodness, there are races on races on races. 
I'll kind of pass it to you. Uh, certainly, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the classic, but I want to get to a couple others. There's a lot of places to start. Is there one race that sticks out for you that you you want to open up on Saturday? Oh my God! There's like you said, there's there's nine Breeders' Cup races, so many races. races in total. So there are four races, even or three races, even before we get to the Breeders' Cup sequence. There's 12 races at Keeneland, nine of which are Breeders' Cup races, and it is just stacked. As far as the race that really, really intrigues me are the sprint races, actually. The Philly and Mare Sprint and the regular sprint, both of which I believe can be a little bit wide open as far as the favorites go. And the Philly and Mare Sprint will start there. The number two Gamine and the three Serengeti Empress are the two logical favorites and deserving favorites. The thing with those two horses, they both like to do it up front, meaning they both like the lead. In a sprint race, if you go too fast in the beginning or in the middle, it'll set for some closers to catch these two horses at the end. I think Gamine is going to have to try and go with Serengeti Empress because if Gamine lets Serengeti Empress get, get an easy lead, it's game over. I'm uh, co-workers and friends with Tom Amos, the trainer of Serengeti Empress, so I'm a little biased here. I love that horse. I love her really. I really, really want to see her win. And she's just so, so gutty. When she gets to the lead, she does not like other horses passing her. So the only thing is, is if Gamine goes with her, which I see is a very, very possibility, I think it sets up for closers. I think that that closer might set up just like it did in the Derby City with Bell's the one, the nine horse. So I, I I'll be rooting and my heart will be with the three Serengeti Empress. I hope for my, my friend, Tom Amos, the trainer that, that he goes and win that she goes and wins that race. However, I'm a little scared that the pace might do be too fast and she might not get as easy of a lead as she's used to, but she tore her. She's, she has so much heart and that it's just, you can't, you can't say it enough for her that even when it comes to some of these races, um, Sorry, she's the seven horse, not the three Serengeti Empress. But in the in the ballerina, she put up these fast fractions every which of the way. And she still just fought and fought and fought. It looked like she lost that race three different times, yet somehow she still won. And I'm going to hope she does the same thing. But for a price play and for my pick, I'll go with Bell's the one. Yeah, that ballerina was quite quite a battle, Bellafina and whatnot. So Gamine is someone that, you know, super hot topic with the Oaks and whatnot. And then the two turns and listen, I've, we'll talk about Swiss skydiver at some point here. I want to ask you about the one horse. Cause I, I agree with everything you said with the speed rule. Do you think that speech could be another horse? You, you mentioned Bell's the one, what do you make of, of the one in speech? That's the only other horse to me that, that I had some interest in. I agree. I have interest in speech as well. Um, a lot of the uh, wise guys are kind of starting to point to speech when I talk um, filling mare sprint with other people. I, I personally am going to stick to Bell's the one, but I can't talk you off speech. I don't love what she did in the Kentucky Oaks, but she is shortening up. She has shown that she likes it a little less distance. So overall, if you can go back to her form in the early part of the part of the year when she was going in these shorter distances, I, I can't talk you off her. I, I think that, yeah, absolutely. But she does also like to sit a little closer to this, closer to the pace. So it, it isn't like a, a speed favoring uh, race is necessarily going to help her out like it will Bell's the one. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's more than reasonable, certainly. Uh, that is a good, so you mentioned, obviously that's the girls. We get the other sprint. Volatile. That was my horse. 
Then I moved to Vacoma. I was all set to talk about him. Right before we got on, you told me he's got a fever. Uh, he has scratched. Man, that really takes some sting out of this race. But there is a horse in here that you are pretty interested in in the sprint. Yeah, so there's a horse that I'm definitely interested in the sprint, and that's Frank's Raquette. So Bill Mott's a Hall of Fame trainer. He's the trainer of Frank's Raquette. And he had the choice. You can go in the Philly and Mare Sprint, which is seven furlongs or seven-eighths of a mile, or the sprint for the males is six furlongs or six-eighths of a mile. He knows that Frank's Roxette's best distance is six furlongs. And that makes me think that I'm not going to question a Hall of Fame trainer. And to be honest, the, a lot of these, um, a lot of the favorites in the sprint I thought were pretty vulnerable. So I'm going to look for prices there. And Frank's Roquette has done everything right. She's put up the numbers. She's, she's a Philly facing the boys. She's put up the numbers that match a lot of these males, the male counterparts, uh, as far as speed figures go. And it's just the performances when you watch them have been really impressive. I, I think she can hold her own. I believe, let me check, but I think she's 10 to one on the morning line. Yep. And, and it's just, it, it, that seems like a great price to me. And with someone who's, who's put up the numbers. If you're also looking for another horse that can that can get you some some good value, it's the 11 Diamond Oofs. He's closed in the slow paces in the past. Last start specifically in the Phoenix, um, he he was the only one closing in that race. The, the winner got an easy easy lead, fast fractions, and he was coming. And if this race in the sprint goes fast, that that might be a horse that you can look to pick up the pieces and win in the 11. I don't like Vacoma. I'm a little bummed that Vacoma scratched because that was a horse that was going to take a lot of value and take a lot of money that I was going to completely throw out. But now you have to you have to waver and, and come up with other things. And so I, I, I think Frank's Raquette, you might not get the price you were hoping on her, but she's going to be some good value. So last thing on this race, then we'll keep it going. Yao Pan, he's four for four. He looks good. I'm not sure exactly how good he is. I saw him twice at Saratoga like you did. Uh, do you think he's that good or, or he's certainly going to be tested here? That's a guarantee. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to do with this source. I don't know the level of competition that he's beat. I I agree that his, his performance in the Amsterdam at Saratoga, it, it was nice, but Basin wasn't, I, I, he's the horse that just everyone kept talking about and couldn't prove himself, couldn't win. And, you know, the Chick Lang was also imp impressive. He's put up good speed figures. He's a he's he's a warranted favorite. He's going to go off favorite. Steve Asmussen's always good with sprinters. He's won the sprint for the last couple of years. Uh, to me, I I'm going to wait and see still on this course. I know he's four for four, but to me, the level of competition he has beaten is not Breeders' Cup level of competition, and that's why I'm going to go price hunting and try and beat him with some of the longer shots on the board, specifically, like I mentioned, Frank's Rocket and Dime Moves. Okay. If you are playing, uh, you know, some pick threes or something, that's the eighth race. We'll back up a couple. Uh, the star of that pick three could will be the sixth race. It's the Dirt Mile. Um, some big name horses. Certainly Art Collector was someone that I talked up extensively only to see him get scratched. He was ready to beat Tisdala. I am certain I will take that <laughs> to my grave. Uh, then he did not look too great. He's in here. We've got complexity. Owendale, a lot, a lot of names here. W what do you make? War of Will, who I forgot that horse existed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie back from uh, wherever he's been. What do you make of the dirt mile here? 
So I would say I would start with the dirt mile, I think, is complexity's race to lose. I absolutely think he's the favorite and deservedly favored. He's done really, really well. His last performance in the council was mind-blowing. It was really, really impressive. And it looks like things have finally clicked for him. And specifically, Chad Brown's training job with him has been really good. Um, I don't think he's an absolute cinch or a single. I think he's the best horse in the field. But like you, I'm I'm intrigued. You've been talking art collector. You mentioned art collector. I think him shortening up to the mile makes sense. I, I really do. I think at six to one, if you can get that, that's great value there for him. I think he's someone that definitely pops off the page as someone that can win. Going to War of Will, um, he's a horse that, like you said, is a little forgotten. And guess what? It's because he went on the turf for a while. He hasn't been on the dirt in... Oh, a year since the Breeders' Cup Classic last year. They've tried him on the turf. He's done well on the turf. He won a grade one in the Maker's Mark Mile. I would say that the dirt isn't his best surface and isn't his preferred surface. And really, I, I, I think they're just trying to shoot some darts here and maybe try and pick up a win in the Breeders' Cup because I don't think he has a chance in the mile or the turf. So they figured, you know what, let's take a shot in the dirt mile. It seems a little more open than some of the other races. And I think that's where they stood with him as far as that goes. But as far as I, I'm concerned with the races, the two for me are complexity and art collector. Last question on this race for you, because uh, this is why we bring on, you know, these horses inside and out. I'll be honest. I don't know this horse. He's sitting seven to two. Who, what do you know about Nick's go? Uh, the five horse Rosario aboard certainly obviously looks to be in the mix here. Uh, I've seen he's done good speed figures, but is he a legit contender? I would say on his last two performances, you have to think he's somewhat of a contender. Um, he's put up great numbers since going to the Brad Cox barn. He's just wowed everyone. And you know, for me, it just seems like he's got loose on the lead, headed easy, kind of made his own thing. I, I, I'm stumped by this horse just sort of like you are. I think this is a horse that if he beats me, he beats me. I'm, I'm going to stay away from him and, and go elsewhere. I, the numbers make sense. He fits. But to me, I, I just, again, haven't seen him beat great competition like we're seeing here in this race. Any other, we're going to get to the classic one more. Is there any other race that you want to touch upon before we move to the Breeders' Cup classic, the, the big one? So I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the distaff as well. So the okay. distaff is the championship race for the female horses. And there are two absolute superstars in this race, in Monomoy Girl and Swiss Skydiver. Monomoy Girl won this race in 2018 and then got injured, and they thought her career was over. She was gone for a year and has come back an absolute beast. She's raced 14 times in her career. She's won, She's finished first 13 of them, but DQ'd in one. So she's finished in first or second in all 14 of her starts, 13 of which she finished first. She was DQ'd in one of them. So she's really 12 to 12 wins, two seconds. She's always put up the numbers. And I just think she is an absolute freak. She's shown it this year again. She's come back and been an absolute monster. I think she's going to be absolutely very difficult to beat. Swiss Skydiver is also logical. She just won the Preakness Stakes. She shortens or she goes a little longer here in a mile and a quarter again. Um, sorry, that, that distance is not correct. Um, but she, uh, she really has just been a wow horse this year. She's gone everywhere. She's raced nine times this year and nine different racetracks. 
won the Preakness against the boys, has done everything to show she is a talented filly. And I think she can give a Monomoy girl a run for her money, but I think it goes Monomoy girl and then Swiss Skydiver one, two. I think that race is pretty logical. I mean, you can maybe try and fish for someone underneath in case. I got one. Yeah. I got one. I, okay, who you got? This horse is, I can't tell you the number of times I have backed her, and she's always the bridesmaid. I, I have a soft spot for Ollie's Candy. Okay. She's always hitting the board. She never wins. Uh, God, and, you know, her last race was at Keeneland. I, listen, Monomoy Girl, that you're talking about, as you you mentioned, just absolute monsters. Do you think that it is conceivable that Ollie's Candy can grab a piece? Even if you're talking about using her as the third and in what would be a chalky trifecta, but um, do you think she can hit the board? I do. I, I think she can even finish second. I, I think it's possible that Swiss Skydiver might regress. If anyone, if of the top two, I was trying to avoid using, I would maybe cut out Swiss Skydiver. So that might be someone that I would try and beat. Um, I think Monomoy Girl will win the race. And I think you can get cute underneath. I think Ollie's Candy makes logical sense. I think if you look um, to the four, a horologist, I think she makes sense to do something. Um, those would be the two that I'd try and put underneath would be the horologist and Ollie's Candy. I agree with you that Ollie's Candy is just a fighter. She always seems to show up. She might not win a lot of races or a lot of the big races, but I think to use her second or third makes absolute logical sense. And I think, I think that's a home run as far as trying to hit an exact or a trifecta using her. Yeah. I, I might look to cold exactos with Monomoy girl with her, her behind. I actually kind of like that play. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time. Here we go. And I do want to say very quickly, Evan, certainly so glad you joined us. If you want more picks from someone that knows what you're talking about, follow Evan on Twitter at Evan M Schwartz doing some things more behind the scenes over at Fox, but certainly has the knowledge with these horses, but we got to talk. It's time to talk about the classic. We've got Tis the Law. We've got <laughs> Tacitus. I don't know how he's the second horse out of my mouth here. Authentic, <laughs> improbable, maximum security, who people may remember. I was at a wedding uh, on that day when he got taken down, but <laughs> floor is yours. Do you, do you want to start with improbable? H- how do you want to break down this race? So let's start with the three Baffert horses. So okay. Baffert has won this race three times in 2014, 2015, and 2016. He's had 23 starters in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and he has three this year. And they happen to be all right next to each other in the 8, 9, and 10. The 8, Improbable, the 9, Authentic, and the 10, Maximum Security. I'm going to try and beat Bob Baffert. That's the best way to make money in horse racing is trying to beat Bob Baffert or Chad Brown or something. Chad Brown on the turf, yep. So I... While I don't discount the talent level of his three horses, I do think that there is talent there. I personally am going to stay away from the nine authentic and the 10 maximum security. I think those horses have just shown their best already and their better days are behind them. I think authentic got everything he kind of needed in the Kentucky Derby. Specifically, I think John Velasquez gave him an absolutely amazing ride. And really that was the difference. I don't know that he is the type of caliber to beat some of these older horses. And maximum security just seems like he's turned turned away from where he was as a three-year-old and early four-year-old. As far as improbable goes, he's a great horse. He's very talented, but he is so quirky. He tends to use a lot of energy and freak out in the gate. He has a tendency sometimes to not break well. There are 10 horses in this field, which isn't as much as he's faced in certain scenarios, but it is... It is the most he's faced this year. 
And as far as, well, sorry, he, he had 11 in the, in the Oakland mile stakes. Um, but that we'll get to in a moment. Um, I think he's a, those three horses are going to take money and will set up for horses that you can try and beat him with. Tis the law, in my opinion, also just doesn't seem like he was where he was at the beginning of the year. These four horses are going to be the horses that are going to take most of the money. I'm going to go price shopping. I think there is a horse here that has been absolutely kind of been the forgotten horse. The number four, Tom's the top. He's trained by Al Stahl Jr., who won um, in uh, 2010 with uh, Blame in the Breeders' Cup Classic as well. He, he knows how to condition a horse. He knows how to do what he's doing. And he's given this horse a lot of time. So the last time we've seen Tom's the top was August 1st at Saratoga in the Whitney where he broke absolutely terrible and the race was over for him. But if you watch that race back, he stumbled at the break was off slow and then still made up all this ground to finish third, only beaten two and a half lengths in the Whitney. He's faced a lot of these horses improbable was in there. And when he, when he broke well and got away well in the Oakland mile stakes, he beat improbable given these horses have kind of gone two different paths this year and probable has kind of picked it up and won a lot of races lately while Tom's the has been on the bench working out, getting ready, getting some rest. And this horse has shown he can come off a long layoff and win races. Tom's the I think will be the overlooked horse that you'll get a price on. And he's going to be my top pick in the classic. And I like that. I do, I do like that, but I want to bring up a horse who's also part of this group. Uh, they've been in there. It's the three horse by my standards. Sai as a board. It's the same kind of concept. Now I, I, I'm kind of with you. Tom Detod, I, I think is the better horse, but I'm also, I wouldn't be shocked to see you get maybe double. You know, I, I wouldn't be stunned to see by my standards hang around 10 to one where yeah. Tom Detod maybe hovers around five. Do you think that he can beat these type of horses? He's had his chances, uh, certainly was in that Whitney and whatnot. Uh, what do you make of by my standards? You know, he, he, his wins to me just don't scream quality wins like some of these other horses. He's won his fair share of races, winning four out of six this year. You know, it's it's hard to knock a horse that wins races. But when you look at who he's beaten and who he hasn't beaten, conversely, he hasn't beaten a lot of these horses that, have, that are he's facing in the Breeders' Cup Classic. While I think he's absolutely a horse at 10 to 1 or maybe more like you suggested – that you can use in exotics, maybe to finish second or finish third. I, I just don't see him as a win candidate. I really don't. Um, I, I, I'm going to go, like I said, with Tom's and Tom, the win candidate. I might use a little improbable there as well, just because he's been so impressive lately um, in some exactas and trifectas. But a lot of my day, as far as the Breeders' Cup Classic concern, is going to be around Tom's top. So I have to ask you, because I, 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 I just have to. Tacitus is a horse that we have experienced. We haven't done that many shows together, but uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, this horse, I it never seems to work out. He hits the board. He's going to be a big price here. He draws the one hole. Do you think you can use him at the bare minimum in, say, some exotics? You use a, one of the Baffert horses. You use Tom Tot. Can you put in a bomb like that and, and maybe hope that he's part of that, you know, say trifecta? Oh, so for me, this horse, just like this you, horse. has been agonizing. I loved him on the Triple Crown Trail. Absolutely loved him. 
but he's a horse that always seems to get himself in trouble and they can't figure him out. They put blinkers on, put blinkers off, put him to the lead, put him to the back. Like they can't, it seems like Bill Mott is really struggling to figure out this horse and he can't seem to win on the grade one level. He's had so many opportunities in grade ones. He tries so hard, but he just can't get there. And even some of the second and third place finishes he's had in the grade one races, you have to look, he's beaten four and five other horses. Like there's not a lot of meat in those races. Yes. He's finished in the money a lot, but you know, at 20 to one, I, I, this is a horse that I just know I'm going to chuck out and he's going to piss me off because that's kind of what Tacitus has been. Even on our shows, we send, we tend to always guide ourselves back to talking about Tacitus as much as we don't want to, as much as we don't like need to talk about him, he just always is that horse that catches your attention that we need to talk about. And not, not, not on Saturday for me, he's, he's going to be a horse that I'm going to leave out and he's probably going to piss me off again. Yeah, it's uh, even you, you bet. I think you bring up a great point though. You look at, if you're looking at say the box score, uh, you know, it hits the board a lot, but it's three, five, you know, five, five horses. You should be hitting the board. Yeah. Uh, global sure. campaign beat him. I, I want just because of the name and all the history with him, I'd be lying if I said I, I don't want to sneak him in, but I think the pertinent move maybe is to look to someone else. You mentioned Tom the Tot. I'm gonna throw by my standards in there. You use I agree. If I had to pick one, I guess just to confirm, if you had to pick one of the Baffert horses, for me it would be improbable just because of what he's been doing. Would it would it be improbable of the three? Oh, yeah. Same hands okay. down. It's it's easy. I, I I think Authentics past his prime and Maxim Fury is just not the same horse. Yep. He just he just isn't. Yep. We can I get into a bunch of different. details on why he isn't. <laughs> That's a different show for a different time. Yeah. There you have it though. See, this is good. This is what I'm talking about. Quick, easy. We got some I got some good tips for Friday. I'm gonna start with some, you know, Golden Foul, Jackie's Warrior have a little nest egg and then I'm, I'm going to start opening up with the uh the pick fours the pick fives hopefully take one down on saturday evan really appreciate it we're going to have you back soon we need these winners but this was fun let's do it let's do tom's the top by my standards there you have it awesome again there will be an article posted for the breeders cup certainly we've got everything covered on the dfs side you guys know that thanks again evan for stopping by good luck this weekend for the breeders cup Hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions, and we'll talk to you guys soon.